Hey there, welcome back. I have something really important I want to share with you today. And you know what? I really didn't think I could think of a story, a cute little story to um, lead off with, but then I thought of the perfect one. Okay, so we have this funny story in our family. I'm not really sure if it will sound funny to you, but my kids think it's hilarious. Uh, this one time, we went to New York City, and uh, for the day, we were going to see a Broadway show or something, and Wes had said to me, you know, just park on the street. It's easy. So we had driven around all over the place trying to find a parking place, and we were having quite the adventure trying to find a parking place, and it wasn't working out. So finally, I was like, that's it. We're going to just park. I don't care how much it costs. I'm parking in a parking garage. So I pulled up to uh, one of the many parking garages, and there was a little line uh, getting into the parking garage, maybe two cars in front of me. So I, you know, stopped behind the car and was like, oh, hmm, what do we do? Is, is it closed? It doesn't say, it says it's open. And then I saw a little sign that said, lot is full. So I was like, oh, hmm, do I need to get out? I don't know what to do. But as I'm sitting there waiting, a car came out of the parking garage and the first car in line went in. So I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Like, we just have to wait till some people leave and then we can go in. So I, I was like, you know what? I'm done trying to find a parking place. We're just going to wait. So we're sitting there waiting and this guy comes up behind me and is now, he's waiting in line behind me. Well, I guess he couldn't see the sign because he just starts honking and really going berserk and obviously angry. So I am talking to him from my car going, okay, calm down. You need to calm down because we're waiting in line. What is your problem? So then I'd had it. And I think that's what I said. I, I think I said, that's it. I've had it. And I open the door and get out of the car. And I'm sure the girls, all three girls were in the car, were horrified. And I get out of the car and turn around to this guy behind me and I go, listen, buddy, the lot is full. And then I got back in the car and all the girls burst out laughing. Because when I, I think the reason it's funny is because when I was really mad and angry and ready to chew somebody out, my, my big you know, my big slam on him was, listen, buddy. So that's the funny story. Why am I telling you that story? Well, it just because it's funny. And who doesn't like a funny story? I mean, if you are looking for a break in your day, don't you just want to hear a silly story? But also, I'm telling that story today because I had another listen, buddy moment. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Don't worry, I'm not going to just rant on with my listen, buddy. But I do want to share the truths and the greatness of God's plan for us that that buddy, who is no buddy of mine, needed to hear. And that we all need to hear. I mean, humankind needs to know these truths. And they're so important because the world is telling us a different message. And they're not just saying this message through the media and TV and movies and all that. But some people are actually preaching it. And that's so terrible. And that's why I need to talk about these truths today. Welcome to Pause and Ponder. I'm your host, Susie Weber. Join me in taking a few minutes out of your day to reflect on the greatness of God. It's time for a mental, spiritual rest and recharge. I was torn with what to say about this because I don't want to glorify it or draw attention to it at all, but I felt that a response was necessary. So what happened? You're probably wondering. Well, last Saturday, Wes saw in the news 
on some internet news source he has. This guy in Missouri gave what I guess was meant to be a sermon, and it made the news because what he said to and about women, wives in particular, was offensive and just wrong, 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 wrong. That was what I wanted to say. That was what I was thinking the whole time Wes and I listened to it. And Wes wants me to make sure I make it clear that he was equally horrified by what this guy was saying. I was horrified that he was saying this to anyone, let alone a whole church, and that this was now on the internet. And it it was just fanning the flame of wrong thinking about Christ, Christianity, and Christians. And it could even lead believers in Christ into very unhealthy ideas about marriage. I hate the idea that this guy could go viral. Ugh. And that is what compelled me to speak up and replace his lies with truth. Truth straight from God's word. Wouldn't it be great if that went viral? And maybe not this podcast, but I bet some of you listening to this could find someone more eloquent and tech-savvy than me and maybe a short video with these same truths. And oh, how I wish that would go viral, that these truths would be spread to say what marriage and relationships should look like, the truths about God's design and Christ's love. All right, so let's get to it. In a nutshell, this guy said to the women in his congregation that they need to lose weight and wear makeup to make sure their husbands only look at them. Yes, that is what he said. He said it's the wife's job to be beautiful. He kept using the phrase, your guy needs a beautiful woman on his arm to show everyone. It, it, I know, my mouth was on the floor. And he said these things in really awful ways that blame and shame women and also offer zero responsibility for men. And he went on and on about it. I don't want to dwell on all of that. He did not quote any scripture to support any of these claims. He was quoting some book he had, but it wasn't the Bible, even though he was holding a Bible. Anyway, he just kept saying, about men. This is how God made us. So I think you're probably equally horrified now. Um, but I'm horrified and angry that someone might actually believe that guy. And in case you're wondering, the article with the video said that he had been disciplined. His church has removed him from leadership for now. So don't worry about that. And I don't want to dwell on those lies. I just want to speak some truth to replace those lies. And like I said, there's there's so much wrong about what that guy said that I'm not even going to attempt to cover it all. And in fact, I like to think of what I'm offering here on this podcast is not really a Bible study on the topic, but more like a kitchen table talk. Do you have those at your house? Or a driving in the car talk? It's just going to get us started on these topics and hopefully give you something to think about and lead you to have more conversations about it yourself. Conversations with your daughters, with your sons, your moms, your husbands, your friends. We need to talk about these things because there could be lots of people believing these lies and not even knowing it. So here we go. Let's talk. Okay, so let's just briefly go over a few of the biblical truths that I'm talking about. I mean, I think the first thing everyone is thinking is, what about love? Clearly, this guy has no understanding of what God says about love. But, you know, I'm sure all of the familiar passages about love in the Bible, he would say he agreed with. And I think that's the, the real thing that I want to get at in this episode, is that I feel like I'm stating the obvious when I 
quote verses about love in the Bible and that everybody knows these. But then I hear a guy like, like this guy who gave the sermon, I hear a guy like that put such conditions not only on his own love for his wife, but on how other people should love their wives. And well, then it isn't so obvious. So let's think about those verses. Obviously, 1 Corinthians 13 um, is a whole passage about love, but let's just keep it simple. 1 John 4.10 is also a familiar verse, and it says this, In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And I think that verse just makes it clear that we're to love like Jesus did. We're not to put conditions on our love. We're not to love because someone has quote-unquote earned our love, like they've lost enough weight to be loved. Absolutely ridiculous. And we are to love sacrificially. Sacrificing ourselves is an expression of love, not getting what we want out of it. So it isn't love if favor and blessing and acceptance are given because they are earned. That's the first biblical truth I wanted to look at, and obviously there's a lot we could say about love. God has a lot to say about the marriage relationship, too, and the guy's whole sermon was about what wives are supposed to be. And the Bible never says wives are supposed to be skinny, <laughs> so just leave it at that. But there are also truths about our identity in Christ, who God says we are, and where we find our worth that are missing from this sermon on telling wives to always be the, the beautiful eye candy on their husband's arm. So what does the Bible say about our identity in Christ? Well, this is a huge topic. First John 3, 1 says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. Um, another version says that the Father has lavished on us. The, the great love the Father has lavished on us. So if you are in Christ, you are a child of God, accepted and loved just as a child is by his parents. Being added to the family should be the deepest sense of belonging and acceptance. If you are in Christ, you are forgiven, white as snow. If you are in Christ, you are made new, a new creation. And if you are in Christ, you are full of purpose. You are God's workmanship, his poema, meaning a work of art. Do you think of yourself as being a work of art crafted by the hand of God? These are just a few of the verses out of so many that tell us about who we are in Christ. And here's the, the kicker. It should affect how we feel about ourselves and how we face the world how we define our worth. Now I want to specifically address our identity in Christ and our ideas about beauty, because I think the world so often lies to us about this, and we have to fight those lies all the time. Sure, the world gives us definitions of beauty, and in this era that we live in, they are often what that guy said. Skinny, flawless makeup, and no sweatpants to Walmart. He actually mentioned wearing your pajama pants to Walmart. But personally, I think what really makes a woman look beautiful is confidence. Even in a worldly sense, a confident woman looks beautiful. But more importantly, what does God tell us about beauty? What I think uh, God desires for us, desires for all women, is true beauty. And he gives us clues to what that is. He talks about an inward beauty. And it's what I would call God confidence. 
being confident, assured, secure, and just knowledgeable in two things, in who God says you are and in who God is. We need both to be beautiful. We need to know who God is because that makes us humble and pride can get pretty ugly. And we need to know how much God values us and what he says about us. That's our worth. So the combo gives us humility and worth. And the combo is inward beauty. But I think the key is we don't just forget about the outward, our hair and makeup and clothes and all that stuff. We aren't more spiritual when we neglect them. No, I think maturity and beauty come when we have developed an inward beauty that then influences our outward appearance. So let me say that again. When the maturity and beauty come when we have developed an inward beauty that then influences our outward appearance. And the result is presenting ourselves with a God confidence that is truly beautiful. So let's talk about inward beauty. Inward beauty as described in 1 Peter 3 verses 3 through 5 basically. And this is the um, ESV version in case you're wondering. So it says, Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry, or the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart. I love that expression, the hidden person of the heart, with the imperishable or unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. Gentle and quiet. Now, this doesn't mean a woman cannot be in a position of leadership, and it doesn't mean a woman isn't bold. It means that a beautiful woman has a kind heart and an inner peace, gentle as in kind and quiet as in at peace. These are part of what I call confidence as beauty. She's so comfortable with herself that she can think of others instead of just thinking about how she looked. She is right with God so she can be at peace. And the more she learns about who God is and who God says she is, the more beautiful she's going to become. She is, in fact, better at whatever she is trying to accomplish when she does it with a gentle and quiet spirit. Another part of inward beauty is pretty much summed up in a great expression of fearing the Lord. Uh, Proverbs 31 says, Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Fearing the Lord, that kind of covers it all. And of course, this doesn't mean being afraid of God, but respecting God, having reverence for God, which also would include knowing who God is. So the woman who fears the Lord isn't shaped by worry or ambition, or reputation. She is shaped each day and over decades by her relationship to God, understanding who God is and who God has made her to be. Again, it's all part of what I'm calling God confidence. And so that's inward beauty with this God confidence as the result. And how does it show itself on the outside? The inward beauty influences the outward appearance. Well, I think God confidence shows care for self because it shows care for self because you are someone important to God. You are made in the image of God. 
The Bible says each of us are fearfully and wonderfully made. So we take care of ourselves because we are valuable to God. We are made by God. We don't take care of ourselves because we're searching for approval and worth in what others think of us. That is visible in an outward appearance too, right? When the inward is, I need the approval of others, that also is expressed in the outward appearance. But God confidence is different. In God confidence, there's no approval of others needed. In fact, there's no comparison at all. And God confidence is also not feeling badly about yourself. Having God confidence doesn't mean we don't take care of ourselves or we're more spiritual because we don't care about those things. No, it's not that. It's allowing that inward beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit and a fear of the Lord, a respect and reverence for who God is and who he says we are, to then influence um, how we take care of our physical body and dress ourselves and do our hair and all those things. But you know what is so wonderful? God's plan of this inward beauty means that all shapes and sizes and ages of women can be beautiful. It's not dependent on um, what our nose looks like or what our eye color is or how frizzy our hair is or any of those things. Because beauty is a combination of that inward beauty, the gentle and quiet spirit and the fear of the Lord, and personality and interests all coming together to influence our outward appearance. And that's so cool because God's definition allows for all of this wonderful variety. And remembering all of that, I think it helps us avoid legalism that says we have to dress a certain way. So it's so important to recognize what inward beauty is, what the Bible says beauty, inward beauty is, and also recognize how that inward beauty should influence how we take care of ourselves and how we present ourselves and how we feel about ourselves. And that's all great. That's wonderful. But then there's the reality that sometimes on the inside, we don't feel great about ourselves. We don't like how we look and we feel insecure about something. And I think probably everyone has an insecurity about something, right? And uh, my opinion personally is that insecurity isn't attractive, that what makes us less attractive are those insecurities. So what do we do about that? You, uh, feel more insecure? No. We need to go to the Lord with that. We first need to ask ourselves, what makes me insecure? This is our real beauty treatment here, to examine and get honest about what makes us insecure. But it's not so we get stuck in that. No, there's good news. Here is the amazing truth, the greatness of God for today. Are you listening? Whatever you are insecure about, that is exactly where Jesus wants to set you free. He wants to set you free of that insecurity. And he can, and he will. The truth will set you free, free of sin and thinking less of yourself or wrongly about yourself. Bit by bit, we must examine where we are not walking in God's truth. And the result will be less insecurity and more God confidence. So that's the first thing, is to take it to God, um, any insecurities we have. 
But there's something else that can add to our insecurities too that I think we need to consider. Um, And that is things that other people say to us can make us feel insecure or certainly, uh, you know, the whole media thing, all that stuff. But let's just for a moment, just consider the people in our lives who are important to us, whether it's a husband or a father or a friend, things they say um, can make us feel insecure, just like that guy that I heard, he didn't make me feel insecure, but anyone listening to him could easily, any woman sitting under uh, the teaching of a man saying, uh, to save your marriage, you need to lose weight, and yes, he did say that, is going to feel insecure. That's terrible. So here's what I have to say to that. You've got to set some boundaries, girlfriend. If, if your husband is saying things to you or does things to make you feel insecure, tell him he needs to listen. He needs to even ask, am I doing anything that makes you feel insecure? Or, here's the opposite, what can I do to make you feel confident and beautiful? Because this is important. So really what I'm saying is communication. We were um, actually at church and we went to a church where you went up to the front to get communion and we stood up to go get communion. And as we stood up, he turned around, looked at me and said, hey, you have bad breath. Well, I was offended. And I let him know after church was over in no uncertain terms, hey, it's not okay. I don't ever want you to tell me that I have bad breath, but especially not on my way to communion when I can't do anything about it. I felt so insecure. It I don't, that was, a. That, I don't know, maybe you like it when people tell you you have bad breath. He thought he was being helpful. He's like, I thought you'd want to know. But for me, I didn't want to know. Just don't even say anything. So that was like my thing. And it doesn't matter that that's silly. I communicated to him that I did not find that helpful. And he, he doesn't do that anymore. <laughs> but I needed to communicate to him things that would make me, for whatever reason, feel insecure. And he loves me. He doesn't want to make me feel insecure. So this is an important thing to communicate. We go to God first and say, God, help me with these insecurities. But we also need to communicate with the people we love and say, hey, I don't like it when you say this or do this. It makes me feel insecure. If you are, if it is a boyfriend, I would say pay attention to how they handle that. If they're like, well, you're dumb and I'm going to say it anyway then that would be a good indication that maybe this person is not who you thought he was. And, um, you know, that's not a very loving response. So to deal with insecurity, we have take it to the Lord, ask him to help you. The truth shall set you free as you learn what he says about you. And then number two, think about what other people say to you and maybe set some boundaries so that um, they are not contributing to insecurity, but even building your security and your um, the, the truth about who you are. And now third, think about how you talk to yourself. Start with how you feel about your own body. What thoughts and words are you using to describe yourself? What you eat, how much you exercise. This is a, this is a challenging one for, for myself. Um, I have to think about this. If I use words that determine my worth based on those things, this is something to examine because those things aren't your worth. Like, for example, if I if you say, oh, you're so good, you're eating a salad, or you're so good, you ran five miles, 
or the opposite. I've been bad lately. I've had chocolate cake three times a day. Now, gluttony is a sin, but these comments can skew our worth and our idea of beauty to something false. It is telling us that our worth is in how we take care of our body. And even worse than that, it could skew the ideas of beauty of the people who hear us talking this way, saying, oh, you're so good, you ran five miles. Well, anyway, there's so much more to say about all these things. It's really about our identity in Christ and how our identity in Christ affects our relationships with others and how we see ourselves, how what lets our identity in Christ, and how we relate to other people. There's so much to say about it, actually, that I'm going to try to do something I've been meaning to do since I started this podcast, which is have a conversation um, and record it for the podcast with each of my kids. I have four adult children, and I think each of them add um, a, a cool dimension to this topic, and it'll be fun to talk to each of them about it, just like I was encouraging all of you to talk to the people in your lives about it. Talk to them about what makes someone beautiful. And do you feel beautiful? Talk to your daughters about that. Talk to your friends about that. Bring it up. And then bring God into the conversation and say, this is what I hear God saying in his word. What about you? And what are your insecurities? How can God set you free from those insecurities? I hope you'll be having those conversations. And kids, look forward to having those conversations with me and figure, helping me figure out how to record it so I can put it on here. Thanks for listening to me respond to that old buddy of mine that I heard on the internet the other day. I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, keep you in his truth. Until next time.